Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hello, I am Monica Packer, and welcome to About Progress, where we're about progress made practical. I have to admit to you that I really procrastinated recording this episode, even though I had it sketched out for months and written up for days. And it's because I feel so inadequate. I know that you don't come to About Progress for clean advice. And I know that my home is not perpetually so clean that it's ready for guests at any time. Also, those guests to rub their fingers over my baseboards. Not ready for that. But I also know and believe that our environment matters. It affects the way we feel. It affects the way we show up to our lives. And let's be honest, managing a home takes up a lot of our time, a lot of our day-to-day lives. It carries a lot of weight mentally, especially if you're like me and you get fed up with yourself every time you notice crumbs in your utensil drawer. I feel like cleaning and learning how to clean better and to simplify it and systemize it, trying to do that can take us down this wormhole of the internet that only spits us out on the other side, more overwhelmed and more inadequate than when we started down that wormhole in the first place. There are so many shoulds with cleaning. But there's also simply so much to do, so much to manage, so much that goes into spinning all the plates that keeping and maintaining a home entails. So instead of offering you today this Pinterest-worthy cleaning wormhole, I want to offer an, an alternative. And this alternative is inspired by a book I read last year, early last year, called Effortless by Greg McEwen. And 
In this book, Greg poses a question about even the most essential, meaning important things in our lives. And the question is, how can I make this easier? In that spirit, I propose this defining question. What if we made cleaning easier? Today, I'm going to share with you not the words of another expert. Nay, instead, I will be sharing my own tips and tricks to deep cleaning and cleaning in general. Yes, that means I, Monica Packer, am sharing this with you, a podcaster who's recording this episode with clutter on my desk and things on my floor. I am sharing with you as a mom who is always behind on the laundry, even with three of her five kids washing and folding their own laundry, and as a woman who does love having a clean and orderly home, but rarely has it all done all at the same time. I'm recording this episode for you, not because I'm an expert, but because I'm quite normal in this department. In fact, I can solidify my cleaning philosophy to one made-up word, cleanish. And I thought maybe that's what the world needs more of sometimes, normal advice from someone who is good enough at something. So if cleanish fits the bill for you, stick with me right up after the break. Isn't it the best when a simple piece of advice can change so much? You know this podcast is all about progress made practical. And guess what? We are celebrating our seventh anniversary coming up in November. To honor both this anniversary and the do something focus the podcast has inspired, we want you to host your own Tricks and Treats Night. I shared a short episode on this gathering. Go back to episode 524. But here's a nutshell on how it works. You invite a few friends to your home for some treats. And while you eat them, you have each guest share a simple trick that has made a big difference in their life. From parenting to marriage, from personal development to cleaning. It's all about doable, practical ways we have found progress in our lives. To make this gathering even easier for you, you can get a ready for you packet with a customizable invitation, an email slash text template that you can send to your friends, and even an outline to follow the night of. You can find those free resources at aboutprogress.com slash tricks and treats. And you can host this gathering anytime, but to get in on the collective fun, we suggest hosting your gathering sometime in October, hence the play on the name. And when you do, don't forget to contact me through email or Instagram and share about your favorite tricks from the night. I am so glad to be celebrating this anniversary in a unique way, community-wide. Again, for all the support you need to host this night, go get the packet at aboutprogress.com slash tricks and treats. Now it's time to dig in, to cleanish, <laughs> and everything I have to share with you as a cleanish individual. Before we go practical, we need to do two things. First is provide a definition. What is cleaning? I know it's weird that I'm starting this way, but I think each of us view cleaning very differently. And also we can mistake cleaning for tidying. And I think there's a big difference between tidying and cleaning and even cleaning and deep cleaning. So for the context of this episode, I am defining cleaning as anything beyond tidying. Tidying to me is mostly about managing things, like putting them away. But cleaning is about cleaning the things 
and the spaces those things go in. Cleaning often involves tools like using cloths or soap or scrubbers or other cleaning agents. I think we got it. Cleaning. The second thing we need to do is we have to go deeper. Because of course, everything goes deeper. If you were to define your own cleaning manifesto, what would that be? A manifesto is, I quote, a written statement declaring publicly the intentions, motives, or views of its issuer, unquote. So in other words, a cleaning manifesto is just a sentence or two that sums up the way you view cleaning in your household. To assist you in creating that, I have a series of prompts that can help you create your own cleaning manifesto. I'm going to share more about why this matters, but first I want to tell you that I have a helpful resource for you if you are listening to this and you're wanting to follow along and get more cleanish in your home. It's called the Cleanish Guide, and it makes it so you don't have to take notes on this episode. You can listen to me walk you through this right here, and then you can move through it later yourself with the guide in hand. The guide is free, and it will be emailed out to all of those on my newsletter automatically. But if you're not on the newsletter or you lose it somehow, you can get it for free at aboutprogress.com slash cleanish. And that's C-L-E-A-N-I-S-H. That's the way I spell cleanish. You don't have to have the guide, but it's there for you if you want. So, okay, let's go through how to create your own cleaning manifesto. And let me say first that answering these questions matters because they act as a guide for you. It will help you better sift through the shoulds from the internet or even from your neighborhood you'll be able to better prioritize for yourself about the practical do's and don'ts of cleaning because you'll know what matters to you. And that will free you up to both prioritize certain things and simplify others and do away with the rest. Also, this manifesto will help you honor where other people's cleaning manifestos don't align with yours. So maybe you can stop judging Sally down the street or comparing yourself to her. So let me go through those questions and then I'll share my own answers just as a way to help exemplify the way this can look. The questions are, one, why does having a clean home matter to you? The second question is, what is the definition of clean for you and your home? The third question is, how is deep cleaning different to you than more surface level everyday cleaning? Those are actually the three questions. That's it. Why does having a clean home matter to you? What is the definition of clean for you in your home? And how is deep cleaning different to you than more surface level everyday cleaning? Now that I've repeated those, let me share my answers. Number one, having a mostly clean and orderly home, in other words, cleanish, helps me think more clearly. It helps me be more present with my loved ones. It helps keep us safe, especially with little kids. It helps us know where things are and where to put them when we're done. I love how having a cleanish home makes me feel. I also love that my children take on responsibilities to help care for our home so that they can grow into adults that know how to do this in their own homes too. The second question is, what does clean look like for you in your home? I would define cleanish like this. 
Things are put where they go. Surfaces are cleared and wiped daily. The main rooms are vacuumed daily and dusted weekly. Bathrooms are deep cleaned once a week. And other areas of the home are managed in regular and routine ways. And this is the most important part for me. All of the above are done more times than not. That's such an important phrase there. That's how I want to simplify cleaning. How can we do this in a way where we have a cleanish home more times than not? So it's still reasonable. I want you to really define what clean looks like for you that literally. What does it look like for your home to feel and look clean or cleanish for you? And the third and final question for the manifesto prompts, how is deep cleaning different to you than surface level everyday cleaning? That's important just because it helps you differentiate what you can simplify and let go of and how often to prioritize things. So for me, deep cleaning is outside of our typical daily maintenance of tidying and cleaning. And some parts are done with predictability cleaning and other deep cleaning items are done as needed or noticed or when I have someone coming to visit. Just got to be honest about that. Okay, so with those prompts, I can now sum that all up in just one, maybe two sentences as our cleaning manifesto. So here is the Packer family cleaning manifesto. Together, the Packer home strives to create a cleanish environment so we can love where we live and better live where we love. There's some key words there for me, together, cleanish, striving, meaning not perfection, and the big reason why. I just want to love where we live so that we can better live and work within the place that we love and love the people we love. So what would your manifesto be? Start by answering those three questions. And again, that's in the cleanish guide for you so that you can write them out on the guide or just remember what they are. And if you already kind of know for yourself what your cleaning manifesto would look like, you don't even need to go through those questions. You can just share it off the top of your head. What does cleaning look like and feel for you? Now, there is one more big question, and we're going to work on that practically. And the big question is, how can you make cleaning easier? Now that we have a manifesto, how can we make cleaning easier? Off the top of your head, you're going to have a few answers. For me, I know what those are. I know right now, if I were going to make cleaning easier, there's a few things I know we can better prioritize. One is better purging and organizing some troublesome areas in our home that are driving me nuts. My boy's bedroom at the bottom of our basement stairs, the first thing you see when you come to the bottom, always makes me feel icky and a little angry. It's just not working organization-wise. I need to go through their toys and purge. And if I can do that, it will make cleaning easier overall, both in their room for them when they're cleaning it and just that cleanish feeling in our home. Because if that room's always a disaster, it's just never feeling cleanish. Another way I can make cleaning easier for our home is create a list of deep cleaning tasks as I notice them. So when I walk past an area that I'm like, oh, I keep forgetting to clean that, I just want to write it down on a notepad that I'm going to keep in my kitchen just so I can take it off my head and have it on a list that we can cover later on. Two other things I think that will help with making our home make cleaning easier is to better incentivize some deep cleaning items with the kids. We do have a chart that I'm going to talk about later on a wall that helps. I want to incentivize it better or bring it to light more often. And the final thing for me is I want to better systemize some deep cleaning items with the family that regularly come up that I cannot get to. That will help make cleaning easier for us. So off the top of your head, you probably have some answers to this too. Some ways that you know 
overall, you can make cleaning easier if you prioritize some things. Now, if you are struggling with this and you don't really have your own game plan of things you can work on to make cleaning easier, one, I'm going to help you create more of the practical list of ways you can do that. I'm also going to share a lot of tips and tricks that I do that help make my home cleanish. To do that, I want to go back to Greg McEwen. His first book, Essentialism, was life-changing for me, and it helps you truly understand for yourself what is essential and how to do away with the rest. This book made Greg famous. We were actually lucky enough to have him on the podcast last year. It was the biggest get I've ever had on this podcast. But in this book, Effortless, the book that followed essentialism, Greg talked about what happened as he became really famous for this idea, and he went around the world talking about essentialism. He found people asking him this, and he also lived it himself. What do you do when what is essential is still too much or too intensive, and you still find yourself burnt out? Even if you're only prioritizing the most essential things, what do you do if that's still too much? And that's why he came up with the book, effortless. Because even for himself, having a very full life, he found it impossible to do without burning out. So instead of tucking this tail and heading for the hills, I love that Greg proceeded with curiosity. And he really dug into, well, what do we do about this? Does this mean that I'm a fraud? That everything I talk about essentialism is basically useless advice? Instead, he learned how we can take what's essential and make it easier. So let's do that now for you. How can we make cleaning easier? Practically. So with that manifesto in hand, if you're feeling stuck in that all or nothing overwhelmed place, let's take what is essential about cleaning for you because of that manifesto. And now proceed with that question in mind. How can I make cleaning easier and come up with a game plan? This is also part of the Cleanish Guide. I have another series of questions that will help create that game plan for you. Here is the Make Cleaning Easier game plan, the way for you to practically apply what is essential about cleaning for you. The first thing you need to consider is which areas of your home matter the most to clean more regularly so that you can feel at home in your home and which areas do not as much. doesn't mean they don't matter. It just means they don't matter as much. So for me, the areas that matter the most for, for us to have clean more often or cleanish more often will always be the front room and kitchen area. We live in a fairly modest home, I would say, for where we live with five kids. We have a 2,700 square foot home and our front room and kitchen are the main hub for everything. And it's also the first thing you see when you walk in any door that leads outdoors to our home. From the garage, to the back patio, to the front door, you see the front area immediately and the kitchen attached to it. So that will always be the highest priority for me. And back when I shared what clean looks like for me and I shared having that room vacuumed and cleanish like every day, that's why. It's because it matters the most. There's other areas in my home that don't matter as much. Bedrooms, 
Although there's parts of things that I like to make sure I'm doing regularly within the bedrooms for myself and my kids. The laundry area, the mudroom, while they matter, they don't matter as much. A big example to me on what's the lowest on my priority list is my car. I feel like the car is an extension of the home, especially when you're running your kids all over the place. But my car is largely always in need of a wash and a vacuum, and sometimes desperately so. And I've just had to own that that's on the lower end of the priority list, and that's okay for me. So again, how to make cleaning easier game plan. The first question is, which areas of your home matter the most to be cleaned more regularly for you to feel at home in your home? And which areas do not? The second thing I want you to consider, as of those areas that matter the most, consider them one by one and ask this filtering question. Do you have to do it? So what goes into keeping that part of your home well-managed in a way that is more consistent for you? And of those tasks, do you have to do them? If the answer is yes, only you or largely you because of the season of your life, or maybe that's just how the responsibilities are stacking in your family, you're the ones that have to do them. I want you to continue on to the next area. And if the answer is no, I actually don't have to do them myself. Also move on to the next steps because either way, this is how you're going to take the tasks that those main areas of your home or the prioritized areas of your home need to be done in order to have that area cleanish. These are the steps you need to follow to simplify it and make it easier for you to do. So here are what I call the steps to cleanish. And again, this is all in the cleanish guide for you. So take a task and ask these questions. How can you simplify it? How can you break it down? And how can you systemize it? Let's start with simplify. When I say simplify, I want you to think of lowering the hurdle to what qualifies as clean for you. So according to your own manifesto, how can you lower the hurdle and what will look like clean for this area? There's a couple ways on how you could do this. And each of these steps, I'm going to break down the how. You can make this task specific. For example, do you really need to use toothbrushes to clean every crevice in a drawer in order for it to count as clean? Or if you lower the hurdle, can you just vacuum out the crumbs and maybe use a, a cloth to dust parts that need to, even around the items where they stay in the drawer and call that drawer clean? How can you simplify by lowering the hurdle on what clean looks like for you for a specific task? Meaning, how can you lower the hurdle to having a clean closet? How can you lower the hurdle to having a clean toilet or a clean shower? Or maybe some things don't need to be lowered the hurdle and that's okay. But regardless, we don't have to do all all the time. That leads to the second area of how. Overall, does this area of your home that you want to prioritize, does it need to be cleaned all the time? Like all the time, this area is always going to be this clean. Or can it be that clean and visited in order to make it clean? Can it be visited daily, weekly, monthly, seasonally, or yearly? A few examples here. Daily, for me, my front room and kitchen will get thoroughly cleaned a few times a day. But even then, it's not all day. There are different pockets of time where there's going to be things on the counter. There's going to be dishes in the sink. There's going to be a rug that needs to be vacuumed. There's going to be toys out. And that's okay. But I have a few touchstones throughout the day that help me keep that area of the home 
clean. Okay, so for me, I always clean those areas after breakfast and after dinner and sometimes in between. But most of the time, it's okay if it's a little or a lot messy. A weekly example for me, bedrooms, I do want to be cleaned weekly. That means dusted and vacuumed and organized. But that doesn't have to happen every day. That can be more of a weekly checkpoint. Although I do like them to tidy. Remember, tidying is different than cleaning. But cleaning for the bedrooms can happen weekly. Monthly, some things that can happen are things like my floors are washed in my office. Now, in the kitchen, those are washed weekly. But my floors up here or in the basement, that can happen monthly. Is that terrible? Or maybe the patio can be swept just monthly instead of every weekend. Seasonally, here are some things I like to have cleaned seasonally. The garage cleaned out and usually I do spring and fall. So not even four times a year, just twice a year. The mudroom deeply organized. I like to do at the beginning of summer and the beginning of fall and sometimes in the winter too. And the outside of my windows and my house windows, I like to have that cleaned seasonally. And I do that just twice a year. And I actually hire that one out. So you can hire things out too. For some yearly tasks, I like our walls to be dusted, but just once a year. And I remember doing that in my home growing up. I washed the walls regularly, by the way, in my front area and kitchen, like I can spot clean the walls, but having all the walls dusted with like a broom or a Swiffer, like that can happen just once a year. So back to simplify. This means you lower the hurdle to what qualifies as clean and you decide how often that needs to happen. The next step to cleanish is you break it down. So now that you've lowered the hurdle to what clean looks like in these tasks and you've spread them out over how often to have them cleaned, how can you simplify these tasks by breaking them down? This is actually my favorite way to do more deep cleaning tasks. This is where you take the chore and you do it in bits and pieces. An example here is that I rarely clean out the fridge all at once. I do it more regularly in bits and pieces, like every time I go to the store. And I'll share more about that particular example later on. Another example of this for myself is cleaning the shower. This is actually a new thing that I've been breaking down lately. I tend to get overwhelmed by cleaning our shower. I know the time it entails. I know the tools I like to use. I know the agents I like to use as well. And so I tend to avoid it or procrastinate until it gets really gross and is really hard to clean. So instead, I have broken down this task and I'm doing it in doable ways. Instead of cleaning the entire shower top to bottom, which feels good, but it's very intensive, I finally decided to just clean part of the shower a few times a week. I'll share more about how I do that specifically coming up. But what things can you do by breaking them down and spreading them apart? Like any organization project can be done this way. You can just do one drawer a day until your kitchen is organized or vacuumed out or wiped down. You can clean out drawers that way. You can dust walls and ceilings and bits and pieces. You can spot clean rugs or spot clean walls broken apart. You can dust high areas in bits and pieces. I am 
a classic give a mouse a cookie kind of cleaner. Sometimes I get swept away and I'm dusting one thing and suddenly I've dusted the entire house. And I have to challenge myself to, in order to dust more often, just break it down and just dust something because it needs to be dusted right then. And it's okay if I don't do the rest of the entire house. So that was the second step to cleanish, to making cleaning easier. The third is to systemize it. Now that you've lowered the hurdle, you know what clean entails, and you've broken it out, now it's time to systemize it. You put it in a system that works for you. Now, I know some women in our community that use an Excel spreadsheet, and they know what chores need to be done what month and in what way, and they almost have it as a schedule too. That may work for you. It doesn't work for me, and that's okay. So let's give you some options. How can you systemize something? How can you make it a regular part of your life that's something you can expect? The biggest thing for me is you must attach the tasks. If you've broken them apart, you need to attach them to something. Otherwise, they're dangling. That means they will not be remembered. In order to attach things, you can do certain chores at certain times. You can do certain chores on certain days. You can do certain chores in certain seasons. Some examples of that, certain chores at certain times. I always start the dishwasher at night and my kids always empty the dishwasher in the morning. We always load the dishwasher after each meal. That's an example of certain chores being done at certain times of the day. The next one, certain chores on certain days. I always clean the silver appliances in my home on Sundays. I always wash the kitchen floor and my bathroom floor on Fridays. And I always clean my bathrooms on Saturday. Quick caveat, whenever I say always, I'm actually meaning more times than not. So sometimes I wash the floors on Saturday or sometimes I don't get to my bathroom at all. That's still okay if I'm doing it more times than not. The final thing I shared there was certain chores in certain seasons. That goes back to cleaning out the garage or the mudroom or cleaning windows on the outside. To assist you in systemizing your cleaning by attaching it to something that already exists in your life, let's borrow from our sticky habit method principles, the when-then pairing. This idea is that in order to create a new habit, you need to attach it to a habit that already exists, something that already is happening. You can do that with cleaning. You can systemize cleaning by creating a when-then pairing that helps you remember when to do it. I shared earlier about how I am breaking down cleaning the shower. In order for me to remember that, I needed to attach cleaning part of the shower to something that I already do. For me, that's washing my hair. I take a shower every day, but I don't wash my hair every day. I wash my hair about every two or three days. So that's about two or three times a week. So now I know when I wash my hair, then I clean part of the shower. So when I wipe down the kitchen counters, then I always wipe down the bathroom counters that are attached to the kitchen. When then? I always wipe down the kitchen counters and the bathroom counters were bothering me that are close by the kitchen. So now that's my when then pairing. When I wipe down the kitchen counters, then I wipe down the bathroom counter because it takes two minutes or less. Another example of this is when I empty the clothes from the dryer, then I also empty out the lint tray. Another one, when I finish washing my face, I use that cloth and I wipe off the sink and the counter and then I put it in my dirty laundry hamper to be washed later. Those are examples of smaller tasks that take two minutes or less that you can attach to another thing that you always do. But let's say you have a larger chore that you need to pair with something. It needs to be attached to something. So you can pair that with a regular event. Back to my cleaning the fridge example. 
when I get groceries, then I toss out any bad food before putting in the new food. I get extra credit whenever I wipe down the shelves too. But that doesn't always happen. It's a more times than not thing. But there's things like the drawers need to be vacuumed out. So I have another event that I attach this to. Whenever we come back from traveling, whether we're visiting family in California, or maybe we've gone on a vacation as a family, whenever we get back from traveling, then I vacuum out the drawers in the fridge and wipe down the whole fridge before we fill it all up. Because that's the time when my fridge is the most empty. Another example here, when something spills in the microwave, then I do a deep cleaning, which means for me, I put water in a bowl with dishwasher soap in it, and I microwave it for five minutes and it sterilizes the microwave. And once it's done, I let it sit for five minutes and then I remove it and wipe it all down. And it's the easiest way to clean. So sometimes it can just be circumstantially driven. Like when something needs to happen, that's okay. Then you can follow through. So my favorite way to systemize chores is to attach them. And my favorite way to attach chores to my regular life is to create a when-then pairing. And that's where the breaking down steps really help there. Before we go on, we also have to refer another sticky habit method principle of baselines. Again, we are shooting for more times than not. We are shooting for cleanish. So on the worst of days, I still want you to consider having baseline versions of your chores. That means the version of the chore that you can do on your worst of day. For example, today as I'm recording this, I washed my hair. I also needed to get ready very fast in order to make it in time for an interview I had. So I wasn't able to clean like a whole, the whole bottom of the shower, for example, but I could do one quarter. Like I could do just, or, but I could do one corner. That was a flexible way for me to show up to that cleaning. I was still able to be consistent with, but it didn't mean I got sucked into that if you give a mouse a cookie cleaning. So if possible, create some baseline versions of your systems. This is how we can take our cleaning manifesto and make it really practical through a game plan. If you're struggling with a how-to, go through my Make Cleaning Easier game plan. And at the end of the day, if that's too complicated for you, I get it. Go back to the question Greg McEwen poses and just start with this. How can I make cleaning easier? If there's a thought that comes to mind right away, go for it. Go just do that thing. Make sure you get the cleanish guide at aboutprogress.com slash cleanish. And I have some parting words for you. Remember, stay in the do something mindset. Shoot for more times than not with irregular stuff. Remember, cleanish is clean. Be flexible. Remember that things will still get dusty, dirty, and disorganized after you've cleaned these things. Don't rage. Expect things to be undone. Here's my cleanish advice from someone who mostly clean more times than not. If you're looking for advice from the experts, I want to refer you to some amazing experts we've had on the show. Tracy McCubbin and Carly Adams, especially. We've had them on the show the past two years. I will link to those episodes for you. But I hope that this practical and still deep episode can give you some doable ways to love where you live and better live where you love. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I'm not going to share progress pointers from this episode because honestly, they would be super intense. So instead, I'm going to refer you to the cleanish guide so you can create your own simple cleaning manifesto and a game plan. 
I'll also share a list of possible when-then pairings because that's my favorite way to deep clean, break it out, and attach it to other things in my life. Those on my newsletter will get that automatically emailed to you, but the rest of you can find it at aboutprogress.com slash cleanish. What did you like about this episode? I would love for you to tell me in a podcast review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps me so much know if something was helpful and what I can do to better serve you. Thank you so much for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.